Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We host Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday the 13th. This is officially our last episode before the official NBA lottery. What's up, Al? What's up, man? What's up, man? In today's episode, we are going to talk about reading the fine print in the Jonathan Isaac contract and a little bit of the controversy that came out with that. We're going to also talk about J.I.'s injury update. Um, and then we're going to go through our last Tankathon simulation. But before we get into all that, they just announced today, or yesterday rather, that the NBA will now present Eastern and Western Conference Finals MVP trophies. What do you think about that? You hyped about it? Do you think it's a good um, addition? I'm wondering why. Honestly, like, I don't like why. Like, what's, what's the need for that? But. I guess it could be kind of cool. I just don't understand the reason why. Like, I, w- I would have loved to know why they're doing it. Um, it's well, always can, been known. I can, tell, I can tell you why. The oh, NBA is always trying to find some creative way to to change things. They always want. They always like to meddle. Always meddling with something. Sometimes it's good playing tournament, for example. Sometimes it's bad. NBA award show on TNT that was pretty horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, but. They're always trying to, you know, try and change it up a little bit. Which I, I respect it, but it's kind of odd. Like I said, like it's, it's, it's a weird thing to do. But I guess it'll, it'll be cool. Let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. I think what this will do, though, is uh, allow players to make more money. Because now on the contract, they're going to start adding a little, you know, sentence saying, if you win Eastern Conference Finals MVP, you get an additional $2 million. And just, I guess, it can make it more competitive, I guess, if they go that route. Um, so let's see what happens. I, I'm down for it. Let's see what it what it ends up being like. I just again, I don't see what the need is for it. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not crazy for it. A part of me kind of feels like you know, 50 percent of that award is like a participation trophy for you know the the team that ends up not winning. At least they get something out of it. You know, True. with the player. Um, what makes it to me a little more difficult is the fact that we have so many years now within the NBA, no one else has ever gotten that award. So then you start comparing, you know, how many players have won this award, haven't won this award. And I think it, it just complicates it a little bit. I think it's good, but eh, not doesn't excite me. Same thing here, man. I don't see. I mean, unless unless it's one of your, you know, the magic make it there. And you have, hey, then Marco Fultz won that award. 100%. Then it feels amazing. But uh, so hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll get to experience that. <laughs> I So you, you have the Larry O'Brien trophy you got uh the bill russell mvp trophy you got all these trophies are named after an individual obviously you i don't i don't think you can really name you know these trophies just yet but it'd be 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 a little weird if they left out a name on the trophy that because that's kind of that's kind of the trend now have you seen what the trophies look like i did i wasn't impressed really you didn't like it Mm. it's it's way like way better than you know the Six man award trophy, oh, the sure. MVP trophy. Like, yeah. I don't who decided that just a standard ball, a small little crystal ball would be like the right like why why replace like you know the, the body on the trophy, like the size, yeah. like everything about that was great. 
why you transition to like the little ball? I'm not. Yeah, like See, that. I like I'm tradition. Like, like, why why change it? Like, it, it was always, you know, a tradition. You know, the way that they look, the trophies. Like, why not keep it that way? Keep, keep it just for historic factors, too. Like, hey, that's what a war looks like. They've won it. I don't know. The NBA is messing around too much, I feel. They're trying to be too innovative with certain things, which, again, I respect, but I'm also not a fan of it at the same time. Yeah, it's not too big of a change, so as long as they don't go crazy and, you know, throw a fourth point a four point line in there somewhere like if they ever did anything like that i would extremely hate i'm also even against like the idea of having a mid-season tournament like there's nothing there's nothing about that that i like i don't see the benefit i don't see the point of it i'm sure they'll explain it but just the thought of a tournament mid-season it's a little weird to me that's coming i think that if you, I mean I, i follow soccer a little bit so i think the idea behind it is is like the the champions league type of thing but the difference is in the Champions League, you got teams from all over Europe competing. It's not just, let's say, the England teams or the Spain Spain League teams. So in the NBA, for that to work, it would have to be maybe the champion from the G League makes it to the tournament. Whoever wins in Europe comes over. Like you got to make it more of a worldwide tournament rather than just the NBA. Because what's the point? Like, okay, yeah. I won the midseason tournament. Great. But right. then the Lakers win the finals and they're the champions. Like, what's the difference? I don't know. Like, it's weird. Yeah, there, I, um, I don't want to see. No. It's coming, no. man. I can tell you it's it's coming. The NBA, it's... See, when they when they start making changes like that, that's where I'm kind of like, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not broken. It doesn't need to be fixed. Like, leave it alone. The changes that they made to, you know, the, the lottery, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that change. I understand the reasons why. But midseason tournament, Four point line, I'm good. Pass. Yeah, I like I like the like the old school stuff. Like leave it alone. Like, so I gotta they, ask you then. Uh-huh. So how do you feel about the the playing tournament? I know that we've talked about it before, but like, how do you feel looking at it now? Like, does it make sense? Yeah, you like it. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of it because it's it's kind of like at towards the end of the season, especially with how teams tank. Um, you know it 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 eliminates at least a couple extra teams from tanking because there's still a possibility for them to enter the plan. And even so you have these teams that barely make it in like we have barely make it in. It's kind of like, all right, so you got to prove that you deserve to stay in here. And I think that that part is so like fascinating to me. It's like, uh, who was it? Was it the Hornets? Were they in eighth? Uh, or a little no. outside, the Clippers, I think, dropped. If I'm not mistaken, they were seventh or eighth, and they dropped no, this year. Maybe it was Cleveland. Was it Cleveland? Cleveland, yes. might have been Cleveland. A team that you know made really major strides from where they were last season, but then they get to the play-in, and it's like you you got you got to prove that you deserve to be here. So I, yeah. I like that. I like that aspect of it. I understand why players like LeBron hated it because it was more risk for them. They're like, man, I worked hard all season long to get to the to to this part of the conference in the standings. And now I got I gotta it's like another extra round. So I, I get that's a little more taxing because maybe, yeah, it's not a seven game series, but you're still like trying to play your ass off to make sure you stay in the play make sure you stay in the playoffs, and then you got the first round. Exactly. And then you pass the first round, you gotta get to the second, so on and so forth. Yeah. So I, I enjoy it. And I think that that's probably one one of the biggest successes that they've 
they've gone from the NBA. I mean, they they made changes to the All-Star game and slam dunk contest. So they they've continued to make those changes. Um, but yeah, may, maybe we should kind of slow down on on the major stuff. See, even the dunk contest, though, I feel like it should be just like it was in the 2000s. With, with Vince participated, to me, that was the perfect format. So you got, you do three dunks, you advance, you do two more, you're done. That's the dunk contest. And not only that, but you can't miss. I'm sorry, but all this goddamn tries, you got a minute, you can miss. Like, no, you miss a dunk, you sit down, you got a, whatever it is, a 35. Like, it, again, that's one thing that I don't understand why they've changed it. Back in the early 2000s, they had it figured out perfectly. When MJ was in it, it, it made sense. But now it's it's weird, man. Like Honestly, I look forward to more the three-point shooting contest than I do the dunk contest. Because, again, it's just a weird setup. It's, in my opinion, it's set up like participation trophies. Like, oh, you keep just giving people chances to miss and, and get creative, but they can't make the dunk. They keep trying it. Like, no. You can't get it on the first try, you're done. That's just the way it should be. Uh, but again, back to your point, the NBA keeps just changing things. Yeah, leave it alone. All right, yeah. let's get into the fine print. So if you've missed it, it's kind of a more clear look at the contract. So Jonathan Isaac's remaining contract has been re- reduced as a result to Jonathan Isaac not playing a minimum of 25 games this past season. What does this mean? So for 22 to 20 from uh season 22 to 23, 23 to 24, 24 and 25, he was set to make 17.4 million dollars in each contract. Now it's been reduced to 16, 7 into 0. For those that don't understand what this means, Al, what does it mean? Man, so for those of you guys that have been criticizing the front office, it always feels like they have a plan that we just don't know, right? Um last year Franz Wagner, number eight. What the hell? Hey, that worked out pretty well. Not bad. J.I., we, again, we, we kind of hated the fact that we couldn't see him this season, but there was a plan behind it, and that is that now that triggered a clause in his contract, which now says, hey, if you cannot play next season, we can cut you. The contract will, will be significantly reduced. But what if you just get hurt again really badly? The year after that, we can just cut you, and the impact to our cap will be absolutely nothing. So for those of you guys that don't know the cap room too much, this basically says J.I. again cannot stay healthy, cannot play. We have no risk at this point. We can cut him $7 million the following season, nothing after that. So ideally, personally, that would be the last scenario I want to see play out. We want to see J.I. healthy. We want to see him go back to the form of being a top defensive player in this league. He's going to make us a better team overall. Whether you like the guy or not, that's the reality, right? But what if it doesn't? Now we're protected. Now we know no matter what happens, that 19 million, whatever maybe that he's guaranteed, 17 million he's guaranteed, it's no longer guaranteed. So now we can either trade him to a team that wants to take that gamble, and they also have a low risk on it, or we can simply say, yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. It just didn't work out. Have a great life. We got money to spend on another player. So knowing this is important because as we've talked about for weeks now, the top three dudes in the draft this season, this draft, are going to be power forwards. So, again, if we draft one of those guys and J.I. for some reason doesn't look right, hey, that opens the door for one of these new guys not to jump in and say, hey, I'm the man now. Go get some free agents that can help us win. So it's a really, really good thing. Again, the front office, they're just so freaking sneaky and how they act and how they do things. Um, but if you're a Magic fan, there's nothing to hate about this. But, I mean, is it is it sneaky? When we, when we got this front office, we – 
we knew we were getting two things. Well, we were told we were getting two things. One, people that were able to really, you know, find the needle in the haystack in the draft. And then the other one was they were going to be financially savvy. They weren't going to overpay players like DJ Augustine and Bismack Biombo. And I feel like if there's anything that you can really say, whether or not you agree with their draft selections or not, they've done really good contract-wise. Vucevic, when he got his big contract, people questioned it. It was a good contract. At the same time, Aaron Gordon, uh, the, the players that we've had, you've seen that their, their contract, Jonathan Simmons was another one, you saw that their contract would decrease over, over, the, over the years of their contract to where if a move needed to be made, way more beneficial for not just us, but to the receiving team as well. So you take a look at this deal. It's an insurance. Magic front office did a really good job at at least having that in there. A lot of people can look at Jonathan Isaac's contract and be like, man, why do we pay him so much? He hasn't even really, even really played basketball. You're paying that much because of the potential, the potential of what he might be. The insurance is for the potential of what he might be, what he might not be due to injuries. And I think that, man, kudos to the front office for throwing that in there. Um, and, you know, you take a look at that, and it's the first time I've ever really, I guess, seen, like, I can't think of another situation with another player on another team that, you know, they they had this type of contract. Uh, I'm sure that there has been, um, but you can only imagine that, you know, this is something that, you know, you, you'll see more of especially if it's coming out of this front office, because, you know, we have so many players that have been impacted with their injuries. And if you set the precedence with Jonathan Isaac, then you can only imagine that they would do the same with, with other players. So now that you mentioned that, uh, Markel Fultz, if I'm not mistaken, I forgot who wrote it. It was months ago that I read this. There is a clause in his contract as well, that if Markel gets hurt, there's, there's, Something similar to this, where the Magic are protected. So you think about that. Our two highest paid players right now, well, Gary Harris, but if he leaves the team, you got G.I. and Markel. You worry about injuries with them too. But guess what, man? If something happens, God forbid, again, we want to see this guy's healthy. But if something does happen, you're now saying to yourself, we got cap room. We can replace him with a free agent. We can replace him with via trade. So again, you talk about the draft being maybe... uh Maybe that guy could have been better. Maybe that guy would have been a better fit. But at the end of the day, though, money-wise, we have so much flexibility. Draft picks-wise, they've done nothing wrong. Let me let me say that. They have done nothing wrong in their time here. Have they missed in the draft? Yes. Would Shea Alexander would have been a better player than Mo Bamba in our team right now? For sure. But at the time, did it make sense? Maybe not. So it's the draft has always, has always been my pet peeve with them. And also the second-round picks. That's it. Outside of that, they've been incredible. And by the way, perfect second to talk about this. Jeff Waltman, I think, uh, got a third place vote for top executive of the year in the NBA. So again, not incredible, but the fact that the NBA, one person in the media realized they're doing something good in Orlando, props to him for that. Not bad. Now, let me let me ask you this. Is there any seed in your mind that leads you to believe that maybe this was a reason why we dragged our feet with Jonathan Isaac? Could that be the reason why we delayed so much? Because remember, Jonathan Isaac on a podcast was talking about how, you know, he might be ready to go by December if it was his choice, but we don't see him at all this season. So I think it had 
it had to do with the fact that, yes, this played a, definitely played a fact, but also the fact that we were so out of the playoffs. Like, there's no chance. Like, why go throw you out there for no reason, right, to get hurt again? Which, funny enough, he ended up getting hurt in practice. But, <laughs> but it's a huge risk for J.I., knowing that if you don't play 25 games, man, your contract pretty much is not guaranteed anymore. So a little more for motivation. Him, for him to be okay with that, it's got to be okay for, it's got to be good for us Magic fans knowing he is thinking that he's healthy. He's thinking that he's ready and that he will remain healthy. So I think he's thinking long-term more than short-term. And that's a good sign for us. So if you want to read it that way, I know the next, the next topic we'll talk about is about this, but if you want to read it that way, that's also positive for the Magic fans. So you're protected, but also the guy that's impacted by this says, I'm trusting myself that I can remain healthy the rest of my career. That's a good thing for us too. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because Stephen A. Smith was talking about this recently in regards to you know how Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons may have handled their situation of not playing when they should have, could have, that he believes that in the near future there might be a major change in the collective bargaining agreement from the teams wanting to protect themselves. And if you don't play, then they shouldn't pay in a sense where maybe mm-hmm. these players won't receive the guaranteed money that that they receive. And I think that with the fact that we've clearly learned our lesson in previous past with players like Grant Hill, um, but you you look at it and this was just one like major way in the scheme of it that the Magic found a way to somewhat protect themselves in some capacity. And I, I definitely think that, you know, we should take our hat off to the front office because in my opinion, you know, they've been they've been doing a good job. And the fact that we see, you know, little things that end up popping up here and there, you know, it's great to see because, you know, it's it's it makes me feel a little bit better about the situation. hundred percent. For sure. Now, getting into the Jonathan Isaac injury update. So in a recent interview with the Orlando Sentinel, Kobe Price, he said that, you know, I feel great. I'm doing really good. I know that there was this whole hiccup with my right hamstring, but I feel great. I'm really looking forward to coming back next season and being able to play. I'm all good. What do you take from that? So that kind of is a perfect segue from our topic before. So that means that he is, again, trusting that that knee is healthy, that his body is healthy, and that he will remain healthy um, and get his money, right? Number one. Number two, it means that hopefully come October, whatever it may be, second, third, training camp opens. J.I. is a full participant. No, none of this. He participated only lightly. He was doing individual work. He was only doing shooting drills. No, 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 no. He's out there bumping with his teammates and doing drills and two-a-days, all this stuff. Because, I mean, let's be honest, two years to recover from these injuries. I mean, this guy has a freaking... It's a brand new knee at this point. Like, There's no way that this guy has any sort of symptoms from what happened two years ago. So that's what I'm hoping out of all this. Um... Because again, man, you, you can, again, like the guy or not like him, but at the end of the day, you cannot deny that if with this guy on the rotation playing 30 minutes a night, we are going to be a much better team. We saw what Markel did for our team when he came back. Multiply that now by saying now we got Markel and this other dude that is a beast on defense that, that can't hit open threes. Our team will be significantly better next season just by having him and Markel back by itself. No free agents, no new draft pick. Just those two guys healthy. So, again, it's exciting if he can really remain healthy. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, 
you know, big shout out to Kobe Price from the Orlando Center for at least getting us some content, you know, in a time frame where there's not a whole lot going on other than the playoffs that we're not in or a part of. So really big time for us being able to get an update on Jonathan Isaac. But based on what he's saying, you know, it's not anything I haven't heard before. Like I, I expected you to come play like this past season. We didn't, we didn't get that. We didn't see that. And we were kind of left hanging the whole entire season because we really didn't know. So I really hope that he's ready to go and that he wants to play because, you know, it's a big season for us. And I think that there's, there's a really big opportunity for the Orlando magic to be in the same position that, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers were, were in, especially, especially with this upcoming draft with or without Jonathan Isaac. I really do see us there with Jonathan Isaac. There's kind of like a smaller risk that it doesn't happen. And I think that that is so crucial and so important. So good to hear that he's, you know, being the same positive person that he, that he is, but I just needed, I need to see it physically happen. Like we're at the point that job that's, it needs to happen. Like that's it. What's going on magic fans. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg does not hit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TVPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TVPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, in other news, Paolo Banchero. Banchero? Banchero. I really need to get these names right. Anyways, he signs with Mike Miller as his sports agent, which is great because I did not know when Mike Miller transitioned into that role because, you know, we saw him helping Penny out in Memphis and coaching there, and then he ended up, you know, parting ways there and now he's decided to have his own sports management and he's also working out with mike miller which is great because we know mike miller is a lethal shooter and one of the things that we want to see paolo get better at is his shooting so what are your thoughts on that is this good for the magic does it mean anything for the magic what are your thoughts on mike and paolo working together I mean, it's a it's a good sign, right? Because if you know something about Mike Miller, also he works with R.J. Hampton, so he has ties with the Magic that way. He played for the Magic, so there's some ties there. Penny Hardaway, also a Magic member, so it's like there's some connections there. So if we do end up getting the first pick in the draft, we go with Paulo for any reason. Then hey, there's there's some good connections there. Some some good connections to the team. Um, some background as to what it's like to play in Orlando. So that would be kind of cool. Other than that, I mean, we got to let things play out next Tuesday here coming up. But, I mean, at this point, it just means that he at least would familiar with the Orlando Magic if he ends up getting drafted by us. 
I mean, let's let's see what ends up happening. You you if if you're anyone in this in this draft class, you have to be looking at the Orlando Magic as a team that you want to go to. Just looking at Houston and in Detroit, how many people, how many young players have said they don't want to go to Detroit? How many? It's, yeah, nobody it's, it's, nobody wants to go there. No young player wants to go there. I'm not sitting here and saying that. Oh man, Orlando's a, the best city in the world, which I agree with. But you take a look at the team that we have. You take a look at the chemistry. You take a look at the the dynamic and the opportunity to to be that lead guy. I, I think that you know agents alone and, and players alone are, are looking at Orlando as like, man, this this could be somewhere where I can really grow and 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 really, you know be a big part of something here because I do believe that we are growing something. And I'm not just saying that, you know, just being, being biased, but I think that you, you take a look at how the Orlando magic are structured right now, the roster that we have. And I think that you're, you're looking at Orlando as, you know, that's, that's where I want to go play. And if you're Mike Miller, you know, you kind of already have somewhat of an experience where you can talk to a young player and say, Hey, I played there. Let me tell you how the city is. Let me tell you how the ownership is. Let me tell you this exactly. and that. And I think that that's a, a huge, huge benefit. For sure. And again, that's what you hope for, that, that, that those connections to the team make it a more desirable destination. So let's see how, how it goes down here on Tuesday night. All right. On that note, Al, let's get into our final Tankathon draft lottery simulation. Just to do a quick little recap, we went from winning the number one pick we went to winning the third pick. I think uh, last week it was a fifth pick, no? Last week was a fifth or sixth? I think it was fifth. It might have been. It might have been I think it was fifth. Maybe it's fifth. So might we're going been. backwards here. We went one, three, and then six. All What's right. our final one going to do? So what's your prediction real quick? So our fi- uh, my final prediction, I don't think that we're going to get the number one pick. I, I don't think we're, we're that lucky, unfortunately. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like two is more likely. So I'm going my my highest, I think, two. I think we don't drop any lower than five. So you're talking about the real lottery, right? The real lottery. Or dissimulation. Both. <laughs> so it's funny because I'm the same way. I think that we don't win it, but I also think that we don't drop, I want to say top four. We end up top four just on number one. So between two, three, or four. Man, um, if we if we end up with the sixth pick, something is wrong in the world. Like there, there's something... There's something completely off. And we'll, and we'll talk about why. I, I would be okay with that in a few minutes. Well, let's go ahead and do the simulation here. So let's go for it. Well, the 2022 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select number three. Not bad. Okay. So we did Not again. Bad. One, right three, one, three, six, three. All right. That's so San Antonio happened. definitely moves up. You got Houston picking at number one. <clears throat> San Antonio two. Orlando three. Oklahoma four. And Detroit five. So in this scenario, and I'm going to ask you real quick. So you're assuming Houston takes who? So if you were Houston GM, who would you draft? Number one. Jabbar. Okay. I'm going to say San Antonio goes with Paulo. I'm going to go back to you. So who does Orlando take number three? Chet Holmgren. Chet Easy. Holmgren. It no makes sense, hesitation. Right? We talked about it last week, I think it was. So we, it, we talked about why. It makes sense, the connections. He's a unicorn, which our front office loves that. So I agree with you. I think that's how that would play out in this scenario. Interesting stuff, man. So we got three this week. Um, I, I think I think what's what's really important 
is the fact that you have Paolo, you have Jabari, Chet Holmgren. I want to say I saw Shaden Sharp's name in there also that we're going to talk a little bit more um, later on. But these are all players that are going to participate in the NBA Draft Combine, which was a surprise to me because normally the consensus, number one, number two picks, they normally skip out on the Draft Combine and they only work out with you know, the whoever ends up getting the number one, number two pick. So to see them all wanting to participate on it, I think that, you know, it's going to really, really alter and adjust the way that people view these mock drafts because Shaden Sharp is a player that we look at and we say, man, this might just be the biggest reward that we get from maybe potentially getting risk there's there's an argument that can be made that Shane and sharp has a very very high ceiling what are your thoughts on Shane and sharp when we take Man. a look at a player like Shane and sharp and we we've been kind of going through the different uh prospect reviews and and Shane and sharp i think in our opinion is the most interesting player that could be available to us i mean if the magic drop and by dropping i really truly mean even at three even as high as three, I wouldn't be upset if the Magic said, you know what, we brought this kid in, he wowed us in interviews, He he's a freak of nature, as we know already, highest, um, what was it, vertical jump in NBA uh, history, so you know he, he can jump out of the gym. Again, if you've been following us and listening to our show all the way back to last season, I was super high on Jalen Green, and when you read up what this kid is good at, he's pretty much a copy of that, so he's a high flyer incredible dunker, can shoot the ball, he's a scorer, he can handle the ball well. What can he not do? Well, experience is an issue, right? Now, he didn't play in college, hasn't played since high school, so that will be an issue. Off-ball defense, not known for that very much, and he's kind of a streaky shooter, so shot selection is an issue. So if he gets hot, he thinks he can make any shot. But that can be a good thing. That means confidence. So, you know, he needs to develop that in the NBA level. But, I mean, there's not a lot to not like on paper about this kid. I don't know him personally. We haven't seen him play in college. But on paper, he's rising, man. This kid started at like 9, 10 range. Two weeks ago, he was in the 8 to 7 range. Today, we're seeing the mock drafts. He's top 5 now. So again, if the magic drop for any reason and you cannot secure Jabari, Paulo, maybe Chet, I would not mind at that point saying, you know what, man, let's go gamble. And like I said last week in this ep- in, in our show, he fits our roster, in my opinion, better than anybody else that's top five, including Jaden Ivey, which we'll briefly talk about in a few minutes. I think it's a really good fit. Um, something that really caught my attention to, and, and I got to find the word here that I... That they, uh, I cannot find it right now, but he it, it was the fact that he reminded me a bit of Markel Fultz. He's shifty with the way that he his game is when he attacks the basket. So imagine having Markel and a guy like this at the one, two, I don't even know, his skin sucks, might be our two right now, but if he, if he outplays him, all of a sudden you got two guys that can create, attack the basket, score at will. It's, it's exciting, to be honest with you. Is he the safest pick? No. What are your takes on it? That's the real question. He's, he's not the safest pick. Are we really in a position to to take a risk, to take a chance? I think that you only pull that trigger if we fall out of the top three. I think there's too much upside from Jabari, Chet, um, and Paolo for you not to make that pick. 
I think the only thing that could potentially change your mind is really what they see in these in these workouts. But other than that, you're talking about a guy who has been compared to Paul George, a taller Bradley Beal, and Jalen Green, someone that Al, you have been, you know, a huge advocate from from last season. Upset that we missed out on Jalen Green, but this could be an opportunity for us to be able to get that back. One of the major things that you know we are lacking is that offensive threat. This guy could be that that dude. He could be the one that fills that void. He's someone that is comfortable in isolation. He's comfortable in shooting the ball in isolation. He's athletic, can play above the rim. Ball handling is ridiculous. So if you're if you're looking for that that two, three to really be able to put to get you a bucket, this could be the guy. What worries me is the fact that he didn't play any college ball. What worries me is the fact that they say that he doesn't have experience in big games and even big games in high school, they question those games. Mm-hmm. There wasn't too much of that exposure. So what if you do take a risk on this guy and it's just not, not what you were hoping for, not what you're expecting. Now you're looking at potential, uh, another case of a project. Do we really, really want to go that route? And I think that we only take that chance is if we end up falling out of that top three. Now you could ask yourself, why Shaden Sharp? Why not a player like Jaden Ivey? Jaden Ivey is way more experienced, been has that exposure of playing in the big game. And I think I, I saw a video today in social media where I'm seeing highlights from John Morant and Jaden Ivey, and they look identical. You remember the highlights that we saw of Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan? Yep. And they're doing the exact same. That's exactly what I see in Jaden Ivey. The way that they move, the way that they drive, their intensity. It's it's almost a little scary. Do you really pass up on a player like that as well? If you fall out of the top three, we know the top three is solid and it's not moving. Let's say you have that fourth pick. Do you really skip out on a player like Jaden Ivey for Shaden Sharp? Why make the case for Jaden Ivey? Why should we go after Jaden? Why should we? It's similar to why we should go for Sharp if we drop. It's all about scoring. It's all about the fact that this dude can get you a bucket. Um I mean, if you look at the highlights, you look at what he can he did in college, do this incredibly fast, can finish at the rim, thunderous dunks. What's there not to like? He's exciting, he's explosive. The issue with him is, is he more of a one or is he really a two? When you look at his player comparisons, and I'm looking at the ringer right now, Donovan Mitchell, a jumbo, Darius Garland, and Victor Oladipo. Those are the players that he's compared to. All those guys are mainly twos at the NBA level, but he's 6'4". So that's my issue. If he's going to be a two at the NBA level, we're having the, the Jalen Suggs issue now where he can play the two. He's a good defender, but he's a little bit undersized. It's not enough in the NBA right now today to, to, to make a difference, an impact. So that's the only worry with him. If he's going to be a two at the NBA level, Sharp has a 6'6 six, six right now. He's a 6'6". Six, six. Potentially six seven if he grows a couple of inches here between now and the NBA season or, or next season. So I'll give Sharp the edge there, but it's it's hard, man. It's a hard choice. And then on top of that, the Magic have so many guards. You got to start making decisions at this point and say, okay, who is it going to be? Who are we giving the ball to? Because you can't pick this kid fourth and then say, oh, by the way, you're going to be the seventh man behind Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs. It, that can't quite happen. So it's it's interesting. Who would you choose today if you had the fourth pick? No, I, w- I would take the risk with Sharp. 
but I do like I do like Jaden's game, mm-hmm. and I think that, and, and I feel bad saying this because I I am a fan of R.J. Hampton, but I feel like if I'm R.J. and the Orlando Magic select at, outside of that top three, I'd be worried. Yep. I'd be really worried. Um, sure. Just because there's there's not enough food on the table to eat. There's not. And we are heavily, heavily positioned with a lot of guards. And the Magic do have to decide, you know, where are we going to really develop these guys? Where are we going to give them the minutes? How are we going to get them the time? And I feel like if we get into that position, it's going to be really, really tough for some of our other uh, other guards. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's 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 what makes it all exciting. This is an amazing issue to have. I'm glad that we have this problem. Because if you then take a look and we transition, this is kind of going off topic, but the Magic end up making a decision to move some players around. You have a lot to choose from. We have a lot to provide. And teams are going to have to start listening to us because we we have certain pieces that might interest. And, and what's crazy about our team is since we have so many young players, you can easily blame it on the fact that the Orlando, the Orlando Magic have too many guards. They haven't yep. been able to develop this player because their focus and attention is elsewhere. Well, what if we took this player out of you know this environment and we put them here? How would that impact? Is there a chance for them to be able to grow and, and develop more? Is the potential still there? They're so young. You can sell that. We, I feel like we talked so much about that with Aaron Gordon in the past. Like This is a player that through the slam dunk contest, through his exposure, how he played, that we can sell a team on the fact that this player can be this, but they haven't been able to be this because of these different factors. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, going into, you know, trading season, that there's going to be a lot of conversations happening and there's going to be a lot of people calling our phones and, and vice versa. Yeah, man, I think that's that's a whole topic that we really haven't really talked about too much yet. And that's going to be free agency, the, the real offseason, right? Because the draft is kind of the beginning. It starts with the lottery draft, and then really the offseason starts when it's trade season again, and it's going to be free agency. But there's a lot of things that Magic can do this offseason. Will they? Mm, we don't know. But we have Terrence Ross expiring contract. We're going to have a top pick. We have two high second-round picks. We have two first-round picks next season, two first-round picks in 2025. Multiple second-rounders in years to come. Salary cap space. Not really any bad contracts. So when you think about it, a team that just says, hey, we want to kind of retool what we're doing. Think about Utah, maybe. Think about uh, any team that has lost in the playoffs already. Hey, the Lakers, the Lakers are going through a lot of messes right now. They have any players that they want to swap out. I don't know. But the Magic are a team you have to call now, whereas before it might have been, eh, Orlando, small market, we don't want to deal with them. Well, guess what? We got what you want now. So it's it's interesting. It creates a lot of, a lot of, a lot of options for the Magic. But yeah, if we drop out of the top three, then yes, I, in my opinion, you got to look at a guard or a three. I know Keegan Murray is another name that's out there. We haven't really talked about him much. He played an amazing season in college this past season. If you miss out on the top three big guys in the draft, in my mind, you got to go three or two in this draft. You got to go for a guard that can score the ball. Or if there's a shooter out there that I haven't seen yet, that's rising in the, in the draft board, kind of like Franz did last season. I'm okay with that too, man, because what this team needs is people that can put the ball in the basket. We play defense well enough. We got plenty of talent as it is. What we don't have, what we struggle with for the last five years 
hitting threes and getting a dude that just gets buckets for us. We had him temporarily in Vooch when he developed and then we cash in on him. Thank God we did that because we, we made out on that deal. But reality is, man, we need a scorer or a guy with a really, really high ceiling. So if you can pick top three, I think we know where we're going. But anything after that, anything can happen. It is game time. So this is where May 17th on Tuesday, where it's going down, where you want to make sure that if you are superstitious, you are wearing your your different colored socks, you're rubbing the rabbit's foot, (laughs) you're catching a leprechaun. I don't know if that one's a real thing, but you do everything you possibly can to make sure that we have a little luck on our side because God knows we need it and we need it badly. Um, great news is we're we're that's it, man. We're right around the corner. This is the last episode that we have before the NBA lottery. So we're not going to be talking to you guys until we find out exactly where we land. And uh, let's let's pray and hope that, you know, this reaction is a little better than than last season. Please. We need like it a, a little lot better. Yes, a, a little lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot better. So May 17th, NBA lottery, NBA draft, June 23rd, and free agency should start um, on the end around the end of June. So a lot of things to be excited about. Let's tackle the first one. And hopefully we got we got that look on our side, man. It's gonna be exciting to see where we end up falling. On that note, appreciate you guys for listening. It's a wrap, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.